Welcome to another Fireside Chat. I'm Marty Pospisil, and our very special guest, Carolyn McGuire from McGuire & Company, Notary Public, has joined us to speak about another exciting topic, which <laughs> I'm super pumped about. Not. No, it, it's, it's very applicable. Um, is the Landowner Transparency Act and Registry. So this is something we've all heard about, read about, seen articles about, unless you're involved in it. It's kind of like, oh yeah, that's interesting that the government's doing this, probably a good thing. Um, doesn't really apply to me. Maybe, maybe it does. Maybe you'll realize after today's fireside chat that there is an application that you should, you should look into or maybe it does apply to you. So um, I digress. Let's start with Carolyn, what is the Landowners uh, Transparency Act and, uh, and who does it apply to? Well, uh, I think the initial reason uh, the government had behind it was, of course, to assist in the prevention of money laundering and uh, to, you know, just in its own name, you know, create more transparency for, you know, who really owns real estate in British Columbia. Right. What's going on behind the registered ownership on title? Right. Okay. Okay. And so they've created a separate registry for that, the Landowner Transparency Registry or LOTR, mm -hmm. formerly, you know, used as an acronym for Lord of the Rings, but I'm ah, I'm adapting. I like that. <laughs> I I'm a big Lord of the Rings fan. Okay. Good good. Maybe there's an analogy that ties the two together. So they have their own registry that is separate from but somewhat, you know, sort of uh, coordinated with the land, um, what we call the Land Title Office, but is now the LTSA, the um, Land Title and Survey Authority. Mm -hmm. So if you hear me saying LTSA, that's the Land Title Office. Got basically. it. Perfect. Uh, so that's what the government had in mind. Uh, but I will say, you know, one side of me also sees them benefiting from this legislation. Mm -hmm as being able to monitor more uh, carefully the beneficial ownership of this real estate in British Columbia for tax purposes. Right, because if I could interject, mm -hmm. beneficial ownership agreements in the past, with my experience, were something that could be arranged outside of the title on a property. Yes, because the, the land title office only registers legal ownership right. on title. Right. Uh, in other words, who, who can sign the transfer document. Right. But it doesn't speak to, uh, you know, what's going on behind that in terms of where the money came from. Okay. Uh, who has control of decisions about that property. Right. You know, who benefits, who should be, you know, paying tax on those benefits. All of that. Fair enough. Was, was you know, not something that the um, registry Right. made apparent. Right. Okay. Very, very good. Okay. Um, so who does this apply to? <laughs> That's the big question. Well, the can big I ignore it as a consumer? Uh, no. Or? <laughs> <laughs> At your own peril. Okay. <laughs> Significant penalties. I can only imagine. <laughs> I can only imagine. And, and, and on that, who does it apply to? And, and what, are, what are the reporting obligations? Well, uh, so it applies. Okay to all BC property owners. Okay. Okay. Everyone. So, so either you already own property or you are going to own property. Okay. Um, should at least 
have given it a look-see. Now, whether or not there's a reporting obligation is the next question. Okay. So when you go to buy real estate now, your conveyancing practitioner will have you sign documentation that pertains to this whole other registry. And at the very least, you're going to be signing a declaration as to whether or not you are a reporting body. That's a term okay. that they use in the um, Landowner Transparency Act. Got it. So land, a reporting body would be, without getting all into the legislation of it, um, a situation where there's more to the story than appears in the land title office, Fair the enough. LTSA. Yeah. So relevant corporations, partnerships, trusts, you know, all of those kinds of uh, entities mm -hmm. that have ownership structure in the background, mm -hmm. automatically reporting bodies. Okay. okay, fair enough. So anybody who had uh, been owning real property in BC who was one of those entities was given until you know, sort of late last year to catch themselves up and report. Got it. Okay. Got it. So hopefully everybody's done that. If you haven't, do it now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, whether or not um, there was a trust involved mm -hmm. is a little bit harder for some people to wrap their heads around. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. And are individuals ever reporting bodies? That would be my question because the majority of our clients are individuals. That's exactly <laughs> what I mean by it's a little bit more difficult uh -huh. to establish whether or not there's a trust. Right. So that is the perfect question. Okay. It's less obvious for individuals. Okay. So the, the kind of um, easy question to ask oneself mm -hmm. is, is my beneficial ownership in this property an exact match to my legal ownership right. in this property? In most cases it and is. In most cases it is. Right. In which case you, you can declare that you're not a reporting body. Fair enough. But if you have um, control um, over this, you know, if you're a beneficial owner mm -hmm. for more than would appear at the land title office, then there must be someone on the title who's signing for you. And that makes them a trustee, and there's a reporting obligation on a trustee. And even if that's by way of a bare trust, mm -hmm. which is more common than you'd think, because they're fairly simple, and, and accountants mm -hmm. recommend them all the time, and it's, it's one of these things where if your circumstances benefit from that, then that kind of documentation should be put in place. Okay but it does create a reporting obligation. So there's nothing wrong with it. It's just an extra step that wasn't required before. Before, they wanna know. So if there's any kind of agreement in the background um, with respect to the ownership that's not on title, that's where this act comes into play. That's, that's the idea. Fair that's enough. Right. So Fair enough. Yeah. it is new legislation. Mm -hmm. So there are very few experts out there. It's mm -hmm. still something that you know hasn't really um, made everything clear to everyone yet. Mm -hmm. uh, there just haven't been enough years 
under our belt to see actual examples, uh, you know, in the courts and things like that about how right. things are interpreted. Right. But, you know, the, the best we can do after reading the Act and, and understanding the expectations of the registry mm -hmm. are, as I say, summarized with, you know, if there is beneficial ownership that is other than registered ownership, it's a red flag for a possible reporting obligation. Right, yeah. right. Can you give me an example of where um, a bear trust might be used? Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, um, last time I was here, we talked about um, different kinds of ownership. Mm -hmm. And one of the examples we talked about then was, say, a parent wants to add their child to title as a joint tenant. Right. With the idea being that perhaps they would you know, avoid probate and save some, some money there. Um, and, you know, I would refer you back to that <laughs> other discussion for more yes, detail. That's our co-ownership <laughs> fireside chat. But so without going into uh, too much detail about that scenario, mm -hmm. um, where that might come up as a reporting obligation is the child might not live in the property and doesn't want to have any beneficial ownership in the property because they, they want, their accountant has said, well, you know, you don't want to be faced with a capital gain right? if the property is sold <clears throat> and, and or your parent dies or what have you. Uh, so let's make sure that it's documented very clearly that the beneficial ownership remains with your parent mm -hmm. and that you're only on title for estate planning purposes only as a bear trustee and agent mm -hmm. for the legal change of ownership by surviving joint tenant. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. But the beneficial ownership and control never leaves the parent. That has to be documented in some form of, you know, like declaration of bear trust and agency agreement or something like that. Right. That, you know, that you get advice, um, you know, to structure before mm -hmm. you, you know, would make that kind of change to title. But that would create a reporting obligation. Right. Okay. So now the son is declaring that yes, I'm a reporting body because I'm holding a half interest in this property for which I do not have a beneficial interest. Right. And in fact, prior um, to the Transparency Act, um, we've probably done many transactions where there were bear trusts in existence and we may not have known about them. Oh, definitely not. Right? I mean, unless someone volunteers that information, there was nowhere for you to research that. Right. But there is now. There is now. There is now. They're getting deeper into our lives. We know all. <laughs> this is where the uh, Lord of the Ring comes in. The big eye on the mountain oh, sees all, goodness, right? I, <laughs> I just want one of those rings I can put on where I disappear. I think no, when it I, comes with consequences. It comes though. with, yes, it does. Yes. <laughs> and we can, we digress again. Um, but that's quite interesting. That's very, very interesting. So, so there are, um, you, you made it very clear on some client situations where you might have agreements outside of the legal ownership that are now uh, have become reporting bodies. And, and that's part of the process that you're going through in, in, in your conveyance stage, the final stage, conveying title, mm -hmm. um, where uh, you as a purchaser should be aware that uh, this needs to be reported now. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's just, you know, so it shouldn't come across as a scary situation, but, right. but what's scary are the penalties for not reporting. Right, right. 
And how does, um, uh, where, where would a purchase indicate where uh, a trustee is on title, typically, as, as opposed to the trustee not being on title? What's the difference there in, in terms of title registration? Sorry, maybe I didn't quite understand what the question was. There. Well, when we're, when we're preparing um, an offer for a buyer, yes. and um, there's a trustee involved, mm -hmm. Uh, I guess the difference, the, the difference is if the trustee is a legal owner of the property, that's what I'm getting at, right. then the trustee signs the offer. Yes, yes. Right? They're, the land title office doesn't want to see any other signatures. Right. If um, it's an unregistered trust and it's, you know, it's, it's literally just someone on title who signs that transfer, that's the direct match that the land title office is looking for. Fair enough. Yeah. So if I'm purchasing a property for... Uh, my, my daughter, who's not age of majority yet, I could be the trustee, and she's the beneficial owner, mm -hmm. um, but I'm signing the offer yep. uh, of purchase and sale, so I'm registered on title. Mm -hmm. Whereas if um, Bob and Marcy are purchasing a property and they need, for example, um, a, well, it's different now, a co-signer for a mortgage. That co-signer in the past didn't need to be registered on title. They do now, and that, that's a whole other discussion. Mm -hmm. um, but if there is a side agreement for beneficial ownership, like the example you stated, very applicable, where a son or daughter, for example, is on title as a joint tenant only for estate planning purposes, like mm -hmm. you mentioned, um, when the parent or parents um, pass, the ownership goes to the son or daughter, but they're not beneficial owners, that would be a separate agreement. That would be a beneficial owner, a bare trust agreement. Now that needs to be registered. They're a reporting body, correct? Well, <clears throat> as soon as the trustee is on title as a trustee, mm -hmm. that's when the reporting obligation Right. happens right if they're already on title and have made that report and then the parent passes mm -hmm. the beneficial ownership is probably passing to the child now right right so they become at that point at that point then right. they become the full legal and beneficial owner of the property when they're on title by themselves right because they're parent has passed. Right. So the reporting obligation was when they were having a trustee relationship. Correct. Got it. But Got not it. when the parent passes. Right. And that, it, it, we're getting into this fairly deep, which is interesting. Yeah. And you may want to go that route um, to avoid the capital gains in the property. Right? Well, that's, that's what that example that's, we talked about yeah. is that your accountant will probably want to see that documentation done ahead of the transfer. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Just to make sure that, it, you know, CRA comes calling. Yes. You have, you can't retroactively do that. That's, that's no. not cool with CRA. No. no. So <laughs> you want to have that paperwork done in advance. Other than that. And hold on to it <laughs> to show them when the time comes. Exactly. Right. Just having gone through tax season. Other than that, they're all pretty cool guys at the CRA oh, and, and girls. They Absolutely. They're, they're great. That, yeah, so, but we won't, we won't go into taxes. That's a whole other discussion. <laughs> so the Landowner Transparency Act 
and registry. Um, very interesting, uh, relatively new for many people. Uh, and I think this discussion sort of sheds some light on whether or not it's something you, as a consumer and, and a property owner, um, should look into. And again, underlying theme for any of our fireside chats, talk to your professionals, speak with your accountant, speak with your uh, lawyer, and get the proper advice before entering into a uh, contract of purchase and sale. And how does that pertain to the registration? Because it's all knowing now, everything must be exposed and, and for good reason. Uh, they want that ownership and, and other agreements to be transparent. So, um, Thus, that, the name of the act. That, thus, <laughs> the aptly named the Landowner Transparency <laughs> Act. So, very interesting topic. Um, certainly one that doesn't apply to everyone, but more and more so, we're, you're, you're probably seeing it. It applies yeah. to, I would just sort of say, it applies to every landowner, any mm -hmm. property owner in BC. Right. Right. Um, but, but reporting only, bodies, but, yes. But reporting bodies um, may are very specific for obligations. sure. And in right. fact, everybody coming in to, to sign their conveyance documents will be faced, as you mentioned, it's with a that declaration. Fork in the road. Yeah, absolutely. You must you have cross to it. choose yes or no. It's yeah. that simple. And if you choose no, and you technically do have a reporting obligation, you are risking the very severe penalties. I can only imagine. Yeah. 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 What happened to Gandalf? They locked him in a tower for an endless amount of time while the orcs were traveling through the land. So uh, very similar with uh, a violation of the registry for the <laughs> Donor Transparency Act, I'm sure. Great discussion. Thank you, Carolyn. If you have any other questions, I've got Carolyn's contact information behind us. Um, feel free to get a hold of her and her team, uh, or you can email me. We'll certainly pass that along. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Marty. Thank you.